Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker Podcast. It's me, Chris. And me, Matt! Whoa! Whoa! He's back. Whoa. He's back. He's back. What an intro. What yeah. an absolute intro that was. That is literally all the energy I have. <laughs> wow, you've expelled it in one hello. I and just now thought I'd get do? it out there. I, I was thinking about maybe ebbing it out over the full three hours podcast. <laughs> Um, but then I just thought, three no. hours. <laughs> thought everyone, no. every, and everyone turns off their iPhones <laughs> as we speak. Three hours. <laughs> off. And uh, how have you been doing? What's what's happening in the in the Jackson household? What's, uh, what's, this, what's I, had the bit, I, had, I had a bit of a holiday. I had a bit of a holiday. Yeah. And then back to work again. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. Been it's been a, it's... TV. Been watching quite a lot of TV actually. Yeah, I've been de- I've been uh, in. I've done the same as you. Really, I had a quite a bit of time off because uh, it's been school holidays, and like they need any more extra time off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then doing a bit of, you know, camping or trying to camp, all sorts of bits and pieces. But you know, watching, trying to catch up on a lot of TV that I haven't watched. Um, so I've been diving into the boys season one. I've caned all that and oh, yeah. ready for season two because I know you said it was really good. Um, a few other things have been on. That, oh, I can't even remember what they are now, but I've I've tried to watch as much as possible superhero stuff mainly. Cobra, Cobra Kai. You've been watching Cobra Kai? No, but that's a net. That's an old. I that's an old YouTube program, isn't it? That would then been put onto Netflix. Am I right? Uh, I don't know about the entomology of it, but I, I know that it was just it's the guy from Karate Kid. Well, the both guys were trying to give both Ralph Macchio and Johnny <laughs> uh, Johnny Lawrence, which I didn't realise um, is my brother-in-law's name. Oh, this whole time, it's like <laughs> since the whole time I've known him, basically I could have been shouting "sweep the leg" or other random Karate Kid kind of quotes at him, and I and I feel I feel gypped. I feel like I've really missed out on a whole kind of um, a whole world of bants that i just didn't know was available to me you've got lots of making up uh, making up to do now you can just have to send in random karate kid themed messages oh well, since just... since i've realized i've been doing like drive-bys of his house just <laughs> shouting random karate kid uh, things guess who's back in the big time <laughs> <laughs> um we anyway we've been away for a lot longer than we thought really because i think last time or the last podcast we said oh we're back we're back we've been away <laughs> yes we away again we left left it 12 months before the next one <laughs> but hey listeners that's life you know and yeah. there's other things going on in you know two 40 year old men with two young children and and, and a lifestyle that does not fit with doing podcasts and <laughs> um, there is other things happening and i'm sure everyone out there was like uh you know i've been pacing the floor thinking i need my movie bunker podcast Just fix. Re- refreshing the podcast list there must be a new episode by now there must be um, but and we're here to tell you yes we there is as there you can is. tell due to your feed dropping and, and everything going we're back and uh we, we decided that we were going to do uh, a film on our own uh because obviously not all guests come to fruition and um but, but it was about time that we did another film with ourselves talking yes. to each other like the good old days um like the last podcast <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of them episodes and we're doing an absolute doozy which is my catchphrase of the podcast i've noticed uh, for the last 12 or six, 12 months at least and what's the movie we're doing we're doing the ridiculous six and here's the trailer
What's this now? You're an orphan! Raised by Indians! I'm fixing to rob the bank here in town. What are you? His name is White Knife. That's right! Yeah! I swear a man can't ride five miles in this territory without running into outlaws yeah! and Indians. Apparently, there's some new gang out there robbing everybody blind. Half the lawmen in the West are already looking for us. You know which way them their uh, ridiculous six rode off to? This is gonna be so much fun. Now. <laughs> if Frank Stockburn is your father, raise your hand. Huh? Oh, dang. Let's saddle up. Burning daylight. Who are you people? We are the Starkburn brothers. Don't forget about numero six! Uh, how would you men like to participate in the birth of something extraordinary? Are you brothers ready to go save Dad? <laughs> Works better if you have knives. I'm ready. I'm hungry. I'm drunk. I'm lopey. Eat your day. Well, we're unstoppable then. I can't wait. People gonna lose that sh now, I did go. Obviously, it's been a while, like we've mentioned between the podcasts. And I didn't realize we've basically become the comedy Western podcast. Yeah, yeah. You've got a pretty mouth. <laughs> like the last thing we watched was, uh, you know, A Million Ways to Die in the West. And now we've, we've gone and done The Ridiculous Six. I think it's just pure coincidence because when I, as I started to watch this and I admit I watched it in two sittings because um, it's quite a long film. Oh, and it's, it's that Netflix thing, right? Is they, do yeah. they, have they made a film under two hours, Netflix? No, I don't think so. Well, at least they can't tell because they don't tell anybody not to make a film that's under two hours because they let the directors and the companies do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, no one says, yeah, raise, rein it in guys. Yeah. Two sittings I had to watch this in and, um, when it when I fired when I fired it up in the VHS uh, player, I realised there was a lot of tropes happening before my eyes. I thought, hang on a minute, I've been here before, uh, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was completely different, but the same. But yeah, not as much of a parody as as uh, a million dies to win a dying. I've done it again. You've done it again. <laughs> a million ways to die. A million ways to say this film title is what it should be called. <laughs> the Ridiculous Six is a bit of a different beast. And I'm going to do the plop synopsis because that's what I'm here away. to do. An outlaw who was, who was raised by Native Americans discovers that he has five half-brothers. Together, the men go on a mission to find their wayward deadbeat dad. So this is what we... He's not wayward. He's kidnapped. He's kidnapped, yeah. But this is a, one of those um, Adam Sandler joints, as yeah. Mark says. Uh, Happy Madison. You can probably Madison. go through the cast, but you can probably guess it, right? <laughs> well, there are some surprises in there this movie because there are, there are, you know, the absolute stalwarts of, his, of, of the movies that he makes. So all those, you know, Steve Zahn, um, Rob Schneider's Schneider, in this. Yeah. Uh, 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 there's others. Uh, I David can't Spade. Quite... Mm -hmm. David Spade. And it, 
and they kind of turn up as kind of cameos as well, not sort of full blown. But yeah. the, let's go through, let's go through the cast because Adam Sandler's in this, uh, as you would not accept. He plays Tommy, which is this guy who's raised by Native Americans who doesn't know his dad. We've got Terry Crews, boff. You've got George Garcia, who uh, we'll know from Lost, boff. He's good. Taylor, L- is it Lautner? Lautner, um, yeah. From um, Twilight. From Shirts Off programs. <laughs> and he's in this. Boof, boof. Rob Schneider, we've mentioned, mentioned he plays Ramon. He's a big sort of parody movie guy, isn't he? He does all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Luke, Luke Wilson. Yeah, he's a bit of Will Fort is in this. Uh, Steve Zahn. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing in this movie? Nick, <laughs> Nick Nolte plays the, the long wayward dad, a long lost wayward dad who, I mean, like most of his movies these days, these days, sorry, you can't understand. It's actually one of my notes. <laughs> it's over, does Nick Nolte just play shit dad now? It's like, is that, is that just his thing? Is that, you know, shit ever gone, since the ever since Hulk, uh, he's basically been shit dead. He can't understand the bloody word he's saying, but he <laughs> he sounds like gravel to me. It sounds I mean, like he, what I just sounded like with my bad internet connection, because he just kind of fades out and then comes back in again. He goes yeah. to a, a level of noise that can't be heard by human beings, <laughs> and then comes back again. It, it's gravel in a blender, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> um, uh, one of my absolute all-time favourite people in the world, John Levitt, Lovitz, sorry, I can't even say his name, yeah. is in this, uh, as a sort of a cameo, David Spade, the fantastic uh, Danny Trejo's in this um, as well, and Vanilla the fucking Ice is in this as well. <laughs> Vanilla Ice turns out. Vanilla Ice is in it? Yes. Is he? <laughs> He's the- He's the guy dancing all the time and plays, um, where is it? This is, uh, Vanilla Ice plays Mark Twain. It, when they're playing the card game. At the oh, end. fuck me. <laughs> Hang on a second. Steve the fucking Buscemi's in this as well. <laughs> yeah, Steve the fuck Buscemi's in it. Uh, John Turturro is in this. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the names just keep coming. And, uh, and, and honestly, you know, I didn't mind... It added so much more to the film um, because this movie is kind of heralded as one of the, like the first like Netflix proper flops, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. Um, I think I remember when it came out, there was this was going to be or, and has become more, I guess, in, in the passing years, one of Adam Sandler's sort of go-to production companies now. Yeah, well, I was, I was surprised when it came out on Netflix um, because they hadn't. You know, it wasn't known that they were doing films at that point, right? Now, now it's kind of expected, right, to have a, yeah, the, yeah. Odd, the odd Netflix films job. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any before that that I could really remember, but I, I, I distinctly remember this coming out, going and being quite, I don't know, surprised that it was uh, on Netflix, um, and then horribly disappointed after watching it. Yeah, but it got a, an absolute panning. I mean, this. Oh, yeah. On uh, IMDb, it gets a 4.8, which is low. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a, a big stinking zero uh, with an audience score of 34%, which is, that is bad. one of the lowest movies we've done. It has to be. Yeah. Um, but first off the bat, I mean, there is a lot to enjoy about this film. And I have to say, I was Ooh. pleasantly, I know I'm going to be, I don't know what's happened to me. Lockdown and the fact that I've been doing this podcast for three years means I find... I find uh, glimmers of hope in, in one of the, in the most uh, sodden shit filled places. Um, and this certainly, this, this film certainly has some 
really bad things going for it. But it also, for, for me, in my weird old age now, I've found little that, bits and nuggets to enjoy. Can I, can, I, can I try and guess what you liked? Can I yeah, do that? On. The yeah. shitting donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the shitting donkey. And I think, uh, yes. And I, you love I a good ass joke. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean... That means he likes you. Exploding diarrhea out of a donkey's ass for no reason other than to, to, to add a plot point later on to drive yeah. the story forward was absolute gold. I'm thinking, what is it with Adam Sandler and diarrhea? It's, it's like, he's obsessed <laughs> he knows with this. it's funny, right? <laughs> he thinks to himself, how can I get Chris from the Movie Bunker podcast to at <laughs> least laugh once at this film? It's like, I need some shit like voluminous, noisy shit. Well, what do you think about, I mean, the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is basically that it's, it's lazily offensive. And, yeah. And the concept is, is uh, abhorrible. That's not the word, but it's, it's a, a standard um, drivel. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't ignore the fact, obviously, that in the preceding five years, wow, actually, five years since it's been gone, the kind of whole awareness about cultural appropriation is, you know, much higher than it was there. I mean, like um, back in the far distant past of 2015, having someone dress as a Mexican and do a, an accent was fine, right? It was, it was generally speaking, a comedy thing to do is to mm. dress up as someone else and do a funny voice. Whereas now we can see that it, that's not, that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, and obviously it, it does that, it, it does that. But then, you know, uh, there's not much else to this. I mean, I, it's, the, 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 thing big, is the big difference between this film and Million Ways to Die in the West is that I didn't actually, I, I laughed quite a lot during the Million Ways Days. <laughs> I've done it now, the Million Ways to Die in the West. I didn't find this funny. I, like my notes are very brief because... It, it kind of suffered from the very worst thing a comedy can be. And it's like utterly forgettable and nothing really sort of stood out from it. Um, I've written down, it was 14 minutes into the film before there was a joke. That's too um, long yeah. for a comedy. And that was, and it, that was um, the, 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 um, the uh, Native American woman who didn't wear a bra and she was called Never Wears Bra. And that was... That was the you first. You laughed at that. I didn't, didn't laugh, laugh at that. Oh, I just, sorry. I just wrote down that that was the first joke. That was the first joke, and that was fourteen minutes in. Yeah, you had to wait for that one. <laughs> but yeah, there is there is a big problem with this film, and reading other critics' reviews of it, it brings it to home that there, as you said, the cultural appropriation thing is is definitely an issue. The the, the attitudes towards the women in the film, yeah, is definitely, it's <laughs> it's definitely def an issue. Okay, I'm not 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 to take away from those very very genuinely um, uh, correct and, and um, admirable reviews of that film, but. For me, in, in the current state of mind that I'm in, okay, <laughs> I, I took that on board and I saw it for what it was. But I found myself laughing. And I found myself laughing at, at certain people in the film more than others. So there were certain characters that, that really kind of... Um, because it's character-driven. This is like a... Yeah. I mean, they are a, it's called Ridiculous because 
ridiculous six because there are six very different ridiculous characters in it so adam sanders long lost brothers are revealed throughout the film and they all go on a quest together once they you know they, they all find out that they're that they've been fathered by the same dad and you've got you know you've got the the mexican who's played by um or half mexican who's played by uh schneider schneider sorry i lost his name there for a second um and but you've also got terry cruz who's like this Terry Crews is always good value for money, right? I mean, yeah. like the guy... <laughs> how he's managed to sort of carve this this comic character, like it just doesn't mesh with the visual, right? <laughs> no, but there's, I've just now that you've, now I'm just thinking about him. I'm just confronted with the, one of the final scenes where he's playing the piano with his penis. <laughs> um, but then George Georgie or George Garcia is unrecognisable as her. I couldn't work out who it was. I had to go yes. on IMD because he plays this kind of hillbilly hick who's been who's, who's got long hair. It looks like stick of the dump, basically covered in um, you know um, fur clothes and stuff. So you got. Obviously, large and alive character who can't speak a single word of um, coherent English, so he just goes blah, 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 blah. and yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so funny. <laughs> um, you have been dropped on your head. Something has happened. Yeah, so, to you. well, so had so had the, his character, him, and but um, Taylor, <laughs> the guy from Twilight, who's obviously. I don't know. I don't, maybe he thought the fact that he was going to be, you know, acting along comedy legends was well, you know. In their day, Adam Sandler was obviously quite, quite a, a respected comedian and screen presence. But he obviously just went ahead with this movie because of of that. But his his character, Lil Pete, is you know the village idiot. Oh, I talk a bit like that, and yeah, just, yeah. has no idea um, what's going on. Um, and acts, you know, on like a, a four year old in, in like an adult's body. There was bits of that I thought were quite funny. There was there was a couple of um, scenes. <laughs> I just laughed. I laughed and I sniggered and thought, and I just, I don't know. I just, maybe it's because it was late. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't drinking. So it can't have been the All drink. Right, can't drink. But Steve Zahn, who plays this. Oh yeah, um, he was oh, quite good. That was a yeah, musical character. There's another gang called the Left No Left Eye Gang or something. And they've all, they all wear eye patches and they're just this useless bunch of outlaws who were kind of like uh, on the, basically on the take all the time following Adam Sanders group around and they, they, they have encounters along the way and their yeah. way of recruiting new members is, is that you have to spoon out your left eye um, and then you have to have the eye patch on but Steve Zahn's character has got a wonky eye and of course the, but they won't let him take his wonky eye out they have to they, they make him take his his um or the eye that he can't see out of basically he yeah so, anyway I'm going, it's this sticky territory. I don't know really why I'm finding this, <laughs> this is why I'm choosing to talk about this. But it turns out that everybody in that gang pretended to take their left eye out. So they actually have got left eyes. And when he finds out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. taking his eye out for no reason, it's just quite funny. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Oh, no. That was actually a half-decent joke that played off because it you know it it, it, it took a while right it took a while yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. come to fruition but it um if they'd have been heavily edited right if this had been an hour and a half hour and 20 minutes uh, a little bit tighter then i think it would have been you know that joke didn't need to take an hour to pay off right that could have that could have come a little bit quicker um yeah. Uh, we, we, we labeled the same thing at the um 
many ways die the west is like the whole last half hour is just completely unnecessary and an ego trip and this film is it suffers from that massively right so Hmm. adam sanders character in this film is like a fucking superhero right he's just yeah he's untouchable you you don't believe that he's in any point he's in danger because he gets himself out of every situation he's almost like yeah as you say he's got superpowers he can be invisible he can run fast he's got he's an expert with knives he's like a he's like a dude from the suicide squad (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, but a good one right yeah but yeah no and it makes it you don't like him is the problem you don't from the moment you meet him to the moment the film ends is you don't particularly like him You, you kind of you know, when the big reveal comes about that Nick Nolte is actually, you know, hasn't been kidnapped and he's not dying of consumption. He's just used the, his um, brother, uh, his sons rather, to go and steal him a bunch of money. You're just like, oh, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nolte is the, the most likable character in the film, apart from um, the village idiot played by Taylor Lautner. Well, yeah, I think you're, you're right in what you're saying about... Um, Adam Sandler being the weakest link because yeah he does yeah, yeah. he I think he feels that he just has to turn up and that his charisma will will, will carry the film and, and I think that's quite it's quite presumptuous and a bit lazy of him now and he can't rely on that anymore and, and he, he doesn't really do any acting so he's he's playing a character and he's doing a lot less work than he's asking a lot of a lot of the people that he's asked to come on board to do. It's kind of Everyone just doing else... a really shit Clint Eastwood impression the whole way. Yeah, the film, right? Everyone's doing their utmost to to to, to make the, their characters work and be as outlandish, goofy, and funny and weird as possible. Yeah, because they they know potentially what they're getting themselves into, but he he's just sort of winging it, and I think that's a little bit selfish. One of the best sequences, I think, in the movie. Uh, which doesn't need to be there at all, is the John Turturro scene where he's a baseball Yeah, what player. the fuck was that about? Um, yeah, he's just got these uh, Chinese, uh, obviously, Im- immigrants at the time, which obviously there was a, in the West there was a massive community of, of, of Chinese working out in the West, uh, in America, basically. And he's trying to teach them his new game of baseball. Um, and they have to do it in order to... Was it like hitty-schnickety or... Yeah, yeah. Snifty, whifty yeah, or something. And he keeps changing the rules because obviously no one's played it before. So he changes the rules every time. And you can see them coming up with the names for all the different types of uh, special moves. I don't know what you see, what you call these things. Um, but all, the, all the, yeah, these sort of things happen throughout the game. And he's, you know, coining the phrases as they are. They're, I mean, although um, it's completely superfluous to the plot and it doesn't need to be there. And it's, you know, it's 20 minutes, I think, to be honest, or 50 to 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, it was well. It was funny. John Turturro was so funny in it. I thought, um, but but it was unnecessary, yeah. right? Just it's unnecessary. It, yeah. it completely just you know, it was a side mission. You know, it was you could have you could cut that out of the film, and the film wouldn't be. It would be weaker for it. But that's only because the rest of the film is so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, you could just take that out. You just, and this is where where I think all of the Netflix films have gone to a point where they're going, well, just leave it in. They'll, they'll skip it or they'll, you know, they'll move past it. It doesn't make any difference. You know, they're, they're sat in their front room. They're not in the cinema. They don't care. Um, yeah. th- there's got this real attitude that, you know, there's no point doing a director's cut and, a, 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 you know, or an outtake on a DVD. Just leave it all in the fucking film and let the, let the viewers, you know, fast forward the part they don't like. Well, th- this is Netflix 
clearly have a business model where the, in order for them to, to attract the big name directors who they want to sell the brand, they are not producing the movies in a, in a conventional way. So no. people, they're, they're not being told to rein anything in. They're not being told to make edits and cut. This might be considered a flop, but I imagine if you looked at the Netflix viewing numbers, it's probably a film that, you know, did a, a a lot of downloads as soon as it was launched and has probably been quite healthy ever since. Um, yeah. And, you know, he does stuff like hidden gems and then you're like, this guy, this guy's amazing. You know, as a serious actor, really, really good. Oh, um, hidden gems is absolutely amazing. And, I mean, it's, and it's what... a chore to watch, but oh, in, yeah, the, but his, in the his, best um, possible way. Exactly. But his transformation from kind of what we've been used to recently, it, of his roles and his performances in, in that role. It's just absolutely phenomenally phenomenal and perfect. Uh, you, I can't imagine anyone else doing that, what he did in that film. But then he does like that murder mystery film with Jennifer Aniston, which is... Yeah, I didn't bit... mind that so much. I was, I think because I'd seen so many shit ones in a row with Adam Sandler mm. and Jennifer Aniston's just, you know, screen gold, I think. She's very a very good comedic actress. Yeah, she's got good comedy, comedy bones. Um, but then, yeah, he'll do... He, he's just he's just um i guess uh connected to so much sort of lewd crude diarrhea humor nowadays that when he does do something everyone's like oh yeah adam sandler he's amazing when the reality is uh, you know he's he's fairly decent in this podcast the same names pop up all the time because you know adam sandler can't seem to keep his hands clean uh you know, boy. There's loads of people in, in this movie who've made some fine art uh, on celluloid. So can we talk about Harvey Keitel's kind of, again, there's a, like a side quest. So, I mean... Yeah, it's like Red Dead Redemption, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was. we can mention the plot, because what it is is that, like, um, Nick Nolte turns up, because that plot not, was awful, it didn't really capture the the, uh, the essence of the film at all. Nick Nolte turns up, tells um, Sandler that he's his dad, but he's dying. Then Danny Trejo turns up, um as you know and apparently kidnaps his dad to go look for this fifty thousand um fifty thousand dollars and then for some reason bear in mind he'd known him for a day adam sanders character decides that he's going to steal fifty thousand pounds worth of money chase down um for a series of cryptic clues uh nick nolte his dad and pay off kind of his dad's debt so to speak and free him and be you know be friends forever with him and then during these various heists he's encounters uh five other people who are all turn out to be his half brother so the ridiculous six are actually six brothers all by the same father different mothers and different i don't know comedy elements to them um and then one of the heists one of the times they have to try and grab some money is they try and steal a a massive golden nugget from harvey Keitel. and that they do this that whole sequence is where they meet uh brother number what three terry cruz two they meet two brothers at once right they meet um uh terry cruz suddenly like uh because each one up to that point they've had kind of like oh you know my, my dad and then Luke Wilson's uh, Danny character reveals himself to be a brother, um, and then and then just Terry Crews just goes, "Oh, me too." <laughs> um, there was quite a. I, I did actually laugh at the Terry Crews joke, where he like opens up about the fact that you know his mum might not have been white. <laughs> 
and yeah. that um, he's, you know, is at least, you know, half black. <laughs> and uh, he just wanted to say it just so that, you know, people didn't say anything racist around him because, you know, he is half black and they may not have noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Taylor Lautner's kind of little Pete was like, oh, I thought she might have just been muscular. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> there's, there's lots of little, I mean, this is the problem with this movie. If you've got, um, if you're not a very mature person to start with, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, you, you've obviously shown whilst in this podcast, you've got a little bit more of a higher level of maturity than I have. <laughs> but I, I think there's lot, there's so much in this that, that, that can sort of make, that will make you chuckle. One of the things I think I, I really, that really tickled me was it's just a silly joke where one of the um, cultural appropriated Indians does an impression of a, of a, of a white man and yeah. um, does a silly voice. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's just got, I just got, I just got tickled by that. And it's such a, I feel so sad and dirty about it. <laughs> then, I mean, I, I mean, is it because of this podcast that I've become, become the man I am that I sometimes these films catch you in the right mood um, and I, I think yeah. generally speaking if your if your levels are set low before you go in to these films as often ours are then you yeah. kind of like are you know you, you're expecting nothing and when when you get something like a little tiny little, little drip of something you're like oh yeah <laughs> and and, and you, 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 you cling to it. You just you like know. a little kid that's a source of nourishment, entertainment, and nourishment. Yeah, yeah. This is what happens. It what happens. And this this is what the podcast is about, right? We're there to not yeah, just yeah. slam on these films. It's to try and find the good things in these films. I probably didn't see as much in it as you did. Um, you know, to some of the people, some of the jokes reasonable, but it's just. In my mind, I, I look back at that two hours and four minutes and just go, oh, mate. To maybe try and play devil's advocate and try and defend this film in terms of its, you know, um, racist, misogynistic, uh, culture appropriation leanings, is as a, as a piss take film of a genre of films because it was clearly set you know around the magnificent seven obviously hence the name where you would have kind of the the uh the the, the white savior come in and you know it, i mean if you look back at those films they are obviously very much uh of a you know of a of a viewpoint which is now seen time pass over it no you got it's, it's dances with wolves isn't it essentially but without, yeah without the exactly wolves. but it's it's like so if it takes the piss out of those things if it's holding a light to seeing how ridiculous it is if like the only you know native american women you see all hot and wearing kind of slinky dresses it's like you know because that's what they look like in the 70s and 80s westerns is like is that is it okay because it is satire yeah it's a good point i'd say i mean i say i say no but there's a because even if it's satire i think there's a there's a certain line that has that has been drawn where even if you're doing it for satire um it has to be good enough to send it up in the first place so this this is lacking in you know it's not sending it up cleverly it's sending it up with with a with a in a very lurid way uh to go back to your main point um no, I didn't. <laughs> I don't think it's ever acceptable to even maybe joke about this sort of thing in 
even in 2015, which is when this movie was released, I don't think we should be doing Native Americans in this way. I think I think whatever I say. But the thing is, this was a, a, a recent um, sort of big argument on Twitter where it was uh, there was kind of like, you know, when is it okay? Is it okay for comedy to be about things which people find offensive? And there was, you know, there, there isn't an answer to this, right? There, there's no. there's a bunch of opinions. There is there is no answer to this. And the problem is, is that the uh, the way to cause offence these days is so very low in terms of yeah. like, you know, um, everybody says something. It's it's you know, it's um, it's cut. It's you know, positioned in a singular point, and it's broadcast around the world. And because of that, you're going to hit a, a million different people, a million different cultures, and there's a chance that you're going to offend someone. So, you know, there's a million voices screaming that they're offended by something for different reasons and legitimately so. Um, but what that is, is that that whole kind of cacophony of noise is drowning out some really serious conversations that are happening in between. Um, so it's just really tricky, like you say, for two middle-aged white men to sort of say, no, this is fine to take the piss out of, uh, you know, we're taking the piss out of the people that acted this way you know making yeah. films you're not taking the piss out of the you know the the culture or absolutely yeah so it's yeah. tricky but it's not done well and it's not clear that that's what they're trying to do i think is the problem with this film yeah ultimately i think you you've hit the nail on the head there really if whatever you decide to do to send up anything to do with culture race or, or anything or religion uh, you have to have a you have to be ex- extremely careful and have a bit of respect for it in order to be able to do it and do it well enough and with credibility and um, with, with the right people on board. And, and uh, I mean, we might have to speak to the people's, the cast to get an understanding of where they think this sits in that sort of way, because they ultimately would be the people that would, would, would have done it in the first place had, had, had there been an issue with it, but <laughs> let's move on. Can we talk about the vanilla icy? We can, but I Wyatt, did uh, about forty minutes ago. I raised the Harvey Keitel scene, and we kind of managed to skirt around it entirely. Yeah, we did. I'm sorry. I think I got sidetracked by something completely different. But I, both, both, um, all, all the cameos really, uh, all the main cameos, cameos are, are quite exceptional. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the, let's finish the Harvey Keitel thing because yes, he yeah. gets he gets beheaded by a spade, doesn't he? Which is amazing. Yeah. I, I think it was my most enjoyed scene from the whole film because yeah. of the, the reaction of, like, they didn't mean to top his head off, um, his, he- his head fell off, but then his body was just running around shooting for ages and um, it was ridiculous. And, and it's, in its ridiculousness, I, I, I found it reasonably amusing. Well, the, the, the body's still standing shooting and, and shooting at his own decapitated yeah. head that's lying yeah. on the ground, <laughs> which is smiling maniacally. Um, but yeah, no, I think Harvey Gaitel turns up and does a very good job of, of, of um, smiling, which is his character. Right? That He's still menacing, job. right, Harvey Gaitel? There's still a menace about that guy. Yeah, yeah but I think I, what's different between, I think, Harvey Gaitel and someone like Robert De Niro and maybe Pacino in a way, is that whenever Harvey Gaitel does anything in these bad films he always comes out of it all right um because he was in yeah he, he, was in he hasn't film, played stupid he? stuff though has he that's the thing he's like you know Robert no. De Niro and um Al Pacino have played roles where they're playing the buffoon right whereas Harvey yeah. Cartel plays a slightly 
exaggerated version of one of his tough characters, which is played deadpan, but for comedic effect. But like the, the whole sort of weird haunted bit of this heist, I thought was fucking odd. And again, yeah. a, a piece of the film that was unnecessary. Well, this is and to show another one of Adam Sandler's character's superpowers, which is to, oh, to yeah. freak people out. Doesn't he make him believe a that, dummy at some point? Yeah, that is odd. I mean, he's doing these weird, throwing his voice and whispering and to try and to distract Harvey Katow's character out of the way so that they can steal this massive piece of gold. Yeah. And uh, in, yeah, it's, it's like a House of Horrors thing. He's wandering around the rooms, getting spooked out by visions and... So it's like a like a vision quest, isn't it? You're going on. It's fucking odd. Sort of. It is weird. It is weird. Um, but yeah, with with uh, with this whole sequence with the, the gambling sort of heist, right? More or less at the sort of final third of the film, where you've got uh, Wyatt Earp turn up and John Lovitz turns up and David Spade, all, all and the, Vanilla Ice, <laughs> Vanilla Ice, um, who starts rapping and, and stuff, which is which is quite sublime. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, that whole sort of sequence is is. It's quite funny. I mean, this <laughs> Rob Schneider has to do a special thing where he has to. Um, oh, when it's I didn't time like to that. Rescued, that, made me, that made me cringe a bit. He, he whacks his face like in like um, Home Alone. Yeah. Sort of signal. And they're all kind of going, hey, what are you doing? What's up? It's like, oh, nothing. I just do this when I'm excited or something. <laughs> oh, last time I did that, I was Home Alone or something. Yeah, like that. that's, that's the bit that made me cringe. It's like, not only did they have to kind of make a, an initial reference to home alone with the actual sort of physicality of it but they obviously went it's not clear what we're doing here <laughs> so i'm gonna actually have to say the fucking words of like that's like when i put um after over my face when i'm home alone yeah it's like jesus christ clang 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah um that that uh that sequence is 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 uh over long um but the people in it uh, are mildly amusing yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark Twain, Vanilla Rice's Mark Twain, I think it's good. I like the kind of the street version of Mark Twain. <laughs> it, was, it was okay. What did you think of? Let's, let's dial it back a bit. Um, we might as well mention Steve Buscemi because uh, he, does, yeah. he plays a, a character called Doc Griffin. Uh, there's a, another a very overlong sequence where they've gone to the Doctor. And the Doctor can do everything. He, he, like most Westerns, he, he's, a, he's a vet. Um, he's, he can shave. He can, Bob, he can do yeah, dentistry, yeah. Um, and he can use ointment. And there's the bit where the he treats the cow's backside, the donkey, problem. the donkey. Sorry, ah, oh, so sorry to the donkey. Um, with the ointment, which he then proceeds to use as sort of an ointment for the the dude's mouth, who's just had dentistry, uh, as as a aftershave balm as well, yeah. and then as as lip balm. Yeah. And, and mm. that, that, that was good, wasn't it? That's good. Uh, that was a very atypical Steve Buscemi cameo with the Adam Sander film, though, wasn't it? It's kind of that's the that's the that's what you expect from Steve Buscemi in these films is to turn up, be Steve Buscemi, and have something gross happen. I, I guess. Yeah. What does what does um, Adam Sandler have on these people that make to make them want to do the film? Because think... he has the infinite money too, right? Because like, I mean, unfortunately, obviously, we don't know because this has no indication of how much money this made. But like, these these people don't do this shit for free, right? Like, um, what well, a budget of sixty million, <laughs> and wow. you know. 
from from what I've seen in the film, fifty five million pounds of that probably went to the cast, and then five million of it went on actually filming it. Because it's like, well, there's no apart from one beheading, there's no real special effects, right? It's just it's running around very, looking dirty. Yeah, it's standardly shot. I mean, the, I mean, you, you can you stick a, a camera in the middle of the desert in the west, it's going to look nice because you know the vistas are are, are what they are, aren't yeah, they? To be done. honest. Um, and yeah, it's not a great deal of action. I mean, he does pretend to be a, a what's it called a, a tumbleweed at one stage, which has got some clever special effects. Um, but <laughs> other than that, uh, yeah, not a great deal happening. So that, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that's guessing... how that's how he gets these people to do these films. Is he pays them a fuck bun ton of money. <laughs> fuck bun ton. <laughs> fuck bun ton of money, as uh, <laughs> as Herm would say. Okay, so listen, I think we need to make a decision. I think your your mind is made up of uh, the ridiculous six because I can tell. I don't know about. I don't know about. Uh, I mean, it's no. It's not going to be any surprise that I think you thought this was a an absolute steaming pile of crap. Yeah, it's 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 shit. It's offensive. It's not funny, um, and it's not enough of those any of those things to be in any way memorable or worthwhile. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to agree with you because I feel if I don't, then I'm, I'm going to look like an absolute idiot. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, there was bits, I, right? There was, there was, I mean, there are things that make you laugh. It's meant to be a comedy. There are things that made, maybe made you laugh more. Maybe you've gone hysterical. I don't know. Something happened to you. Um, I have, I have gone hysterical. And that, I think that, that, that's for everyone to see uh, <laughs> on a daily basis. And I think this sort of movie now has now become something that's so, I find so, as you say, the bar is so low that you so go low. in with a, with a very light, uh, I went into this film knowing I was not going to have to be physically taxed in any way. I added a duty of care to you and the people that uh, has to stay in the bunker. There's, I mean, there's no way we can let a naught percenter go out anyway. It's just for the, for the, I mean, but the bunker overlords are, are right to keep this dead and buried. Yeah, and um, there's cutbacks all over the place now, so you know we have to <laughs> make sure yeah. our performance is up to scratch. Yeah, well, we, well, I mean, we're in the, some would say we're in the safest place. I might put, a, a, I might try and find a clip of the best bits though, and just post that. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't be long. It certainly won't be one hour and fifty nine fucking minutes long. That's no, sure. it's going to be about you know five minutes tops. Five minutes, Steve. Steve Zan super cut. There was um, weird because I, I had actually seen this film before because, like I say, I was suckered by the the big names when it dropped on Netflix. Um, I remembered a joke that was in it, and I was quite, you know, when you do that thing, they they they've done a st- survey, haven't they? They've done a survey, a study where they kind of found that people. Do you ever do that thing, right? So there's a trailer for a film. I don't watch trailers anymore, but I yeah. used to. There's a trailer for a film. There's a funny bit in the trailer, right? And when you're in the cinema. When that funny bit comes on, people laugh like it's the first fucking time they've seen it. But you know, everyone in that cinema has seen it at least four times, that, yeah, that yeah. particular funny bit. But it seems to get the biggest laugh anyway. Um, I was in a study and there's something about the, you know, the, the repetition um, and then put into a larger context, which makes you kind of like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this thing. I know this thing's coming. Here's that thing that I like. Aha. I am, you know, basically, you know, doing the patting myself on the back thing and convincing myself that I'd still like this thing. Um, so I was like, oh, there's, there's this joke, the joke that coming up when they meet uh, uh, Jorge Garcia's characters, uh, the, the big, very mute guy. 
Um, yeah. And then it never happened because the joke I remembered was actually from the Magnificent Seven film. <laughs> but oh. it's where they meet Vincent Diofano's character. And I think it's Chris Pratt that goes, that bear's wearing people clothing. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. And I, I remember enjoying that joke and was looking forward to seeing that joke again in this film, but it wasn't in this film. <laughs> so the best joke in this film is actually in the Magnificent Seven remake. <laughs> oh my God. I hadn't thought, well, yeah, I, I, that, that's, that is interesting how that sort of thing can play with your mind and you just yeah. mix the genres. <laughs> Uh, we could play the uh, the IMDb uh, plot keywords game. Um, yes. The the top plot keyword, baseball. <laughs> uh, baseball, bank robbery, white races, Indian, Apache, half-brothers, American Indian stereotype, racial joke, racial stereotype, Native American stereotype, Lincoln assassination. <laughs> God. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. Fart joke is here as well. Uh, severed head. <laughs> reunited family imagine imagine going you know what i feel a bit emotional i want to really yeah. watch a reunited family film and then you do the keyword search and it comes up with this steaming pile of shit yeah the, 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 these um these words are quite funny uh because the, the, if, if you ever want to do any stealing from a thief is one of them <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah, hanging is there. Eye patch, gang. As uh, you say, outlaw, racist, racist joke, revenge, revolver, betrayal, spoof. Yes, <laughs> everything and everything is thrown. In. Oh, and um, burrow. So yeah, we've been labelling the donkey a donkey the whole way through this podcast, but it's actually a burrow, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, I didn't know they existed. I thought it was either a donkey or an ass. Um, as a burrow. Yeah, co-written by actor is another. <laughs> which says it all well i think that's that's the ridiculous six done and that's it done yeah yeah we we need to put this uh or put us back in the in the vault and just say no thank you very much and and you're welcome again uh yeah and then lovely listeners a heavy edit <laughs> uh, that's uh, all thanks to you uh this this week again thank you for that you're welcome so i guess the last thing to do is to say Thanks ever so much for sticking with us and coming back uh, to this episode. I yeah. hope you've listened to it. <laughs> I hope you've listened to it because it's been a lot of fun to record it. Uh, so I do hope you'll actually listen to it all the way <laughs> to the end. And, and, and for this amazing part of the podcast, which we all look oh, forward to. Oh, we love to, this. Yeah, where I say the following words. If you're a fan of the podcast and you haven't yet liked, subscribed or rated and give us a review on Apple uh, iTunes or whatever, please do so because it really helps. We haven't had any reviews recently. Um, so a, an extra review will definitely make us, our hearts swell uh, um, with, with love and passion. Like a cantaloupe. <laughs> and cantaloping. And, and also on social media, you can search for the Movie Bunker podcast on all the social medias. Um, we do do things on them occasionally, usually when there's an episode coming out. And we have mm. a, a fantastic, glorious website where you can see our faces, our actual faces, in sepia tone or black and white. <laughs> and yeah. um, Matthew, the, the website address is? Uh, www.moviebunkerpodcast.com. So wherever you go, wherever you are, you know that the Movie Bunker podcast is not far away. Always near your pocket. <laughs> and so until next time when we do another film, uh, I'll see, we'll see you then. Yay! <laughs>
But oh, I did save. Yeah. I saved a little bit of energy, look, just for the end there. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. I, I hadn't. I hadn't splurged my tile board at the start. You sounded to... like a squeezed balloon. Well, the... <laughs> I, I grabbed a testicle to really give myself some emphasis. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a testicle joke right at the end for you. Cheerio, everyone. Bye. Bye.